This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chocklin, Jeff Arnold, and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info at pentecostalperiodical.com. Today we have a very special guest with us, my friend, my friend, Brother Brian Sexton. He's an author, he's a podcaster, the Intentional Encourager podcast. I don't want to take too much time from him, but uh, Brother Sexton, just introduce yourself, tell our listeners a bit about yourself and uh, your ministry, what's going on in your world, and and we'll just get right into uh, where the Lord leads. Well, praise the Lord, Brother Brandon Crooker. It's good to be with you. And uh, yes, I'm on the ministry team at the North Charleston Apostolic Church in Charleston, West Virginia. Now, some may may recognize that name of that church. It is pastored by a great man of God, Pastor Anthony Moss, who succeeded his grandfather, the, the great apostle Bishop Billy Cole. And Brother Cole was there for about 20 years, and of course... It's great to see the renaissance. Brother Brandon, I, I've seen so much in, in some of the circles you and I run around in. A lot of people are consuming Brother Cole's content today. It's just as powerful. Brother Cole's been gone 13 years. But it's amazing that the, the words from the man of God still reign true today as they did when he spoke them. So that's a church I attend. I've been there for the last 16 years, involved in music ministry, involved in uh, ministry uh, not only pulpit ministry, but but uh, also part of our ministry team that, that does other ministerial functions in the church. And uh, again, I host the Intentional Encourager podcast. We release two episodes a week. And uh, working on my second book called The Intentional Encourager, Becoming the One Thing That Changes Everything. And so, um, and then wrote People Buy From People. So that's a brief introduction about me. I live in a little town called Barbersville, West Virginia, right outside of Huntington. Um some people might know Huntington as well, too. There's uh, one, of, one of our uh, esteemed members in our district, Brother E.S. Harper, Pastor E.S. Harper. A lot of people know Brother Harper's done a lot of teaching and preaching over the years on Bible prophecy and gifted Bible preacher and teacher. And so, it, I, I, yeah, I was talking, Brother Brandon, I was talking to somebody today. It's amazing the men of God that I have had directly in my life. Brother Cole, I knew Brother Cole since I was a kid. Brother Jack Cunningham. Brother Cunningham's mom was my first piano teacher. Uh, Brother Aaron Bounds, I I taught Sister Cindy Bounds, his wife, in Sunday school class. Um, Just, you know, Brother Mike Anderson, uh, his mother was Sister Helen Cole, uh, that was Brother J.C. Cole's wife uh, in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Just so many men of God that, that have influenced my life. And so... Uh, man, it's good to be back with you. I forgive me for rambling there, my friend. You 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 said introduce yourself. That's the only thing that just came to mind. You know, no need to apologize, bro. It's uh, it's tremendous. It's a blessing to have you. Um, been a long time 
thing. Good to be here. Uh, goodness, I, I think you might have been on one of the the third, fourth, or even the fifth episode uh, since Apostolic Theory's conception. Um, I am so proud of where you've got, how you've and I've watched your podcast grow, and you've had so many tremendous men of God on your podcast, and women of God as well, too. I don't want to exclude the ladies among us, but, you know... Um, I, it's it's amazing how you've grown, how God has grown you, and and I'd say that how God has grown. Look what the Lord has done, and so man, it's just an honor to be back with you. Proud of the work you're doing, trying to to bless as many apostolics and and non apostolics across the globe as you can. I'm I'm very very proud of you, Brother Brandon. Wow, man, I'm I'm humbled. I appreciate that. Um, what I think about or feel. Maybe it's a better way to put it. Um, for this, for this moment, this particular moment is we we spend so much time racing the clock, if you will, trying to fit all these different things into twenty four hours. Yeah, and I wonder if in doing that we really miss the point. We miss what God really wants for us, and so. I think it would it would it would behoove us, I guess, to start this particular episode by opening with a scripture, which maybe maybe you know. I'm sure you probably do. It's very well known, and it's the title of this particular episode, uh, Psalms 46 and 10. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the first uh, phrase here, and it says, "Be still and know." That I am God. And I also want to turn real quick to Psalms 123 and verse 2. It says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we're talking about being still and knowing that God's in control. Yeah. So, Brother Sexton, um, you know, I, you were talking to me when we were originally talking about getting together a few weeks ago, um, you know, about, about what direction we were going to take for this, this episode. And, uh, yeah. and so why don't you just sort of share your experience and then, sh- and then just share your heart with the listeners about, well, as I think about the first verse of Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I preached a a few months back on the presence of God, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, the presence of God. And sometimes in the present, Brother Brandon, the present is chaotic. The present is all these things that surround us that can make us take our eyes off the Lord. We've got inflation that's at double digits. We've got gas prices that have never been as high as they've been. You know, that people are saying there's going to be food shortages. There's, there's going to be this and that. But here's what, here's what I know, and, and, and this is what I preached to our church that night. That no matter what situation we face, God is already there. Mm. 
He's omnipresent. And so he's already there. And so a lot of times if we can just rest in him, the scripture you read, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What happens that gives us strength in the natural? It's rest. Rest recharges our bodies. Rest refuels our bodies. Rest allows the cells to, to re, revitalize, if you will. Rest is very important. That's how people get sick. I, I just got over, I was telling you before we started recording, I just got over a mild case of COVID. I know last week the way that I pushed my body in traveling for work and things like that, I was run down. But this sickness that I've had has made me rest a little more. It's made me pull back a little more to recharge and recuperate myself. And so when I hear the scripture and I go back to it, in verse 3, I'm looking at verse 3 of that passage, and it says, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake, with the swelling thereof, there is a river. That old song, there is a river that flows from deep within. And the, the Bible says in, in Psalm 46 and 4, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the most, the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. So when I think about that, I know that if I'm still and I rest that God will give me help, and God will give me strength, and God will give me provision. Because that's just what he does. And in those times that, that, that all of... I told somebody today, forgive me for going off on tangent, I told somebody today, I said, how would you like to have been Job? Job had such a walk with the Lord that the Lord pointed him out to the enemy by name. He said, hast thou considered my servant Job? Job had such a walk with God that God said, have you thought about Job? How would you and I like to have a walk with God that powerful that the Lord says, have you considered my servant Brandon Crooker? Have you considered my servant Brian Sexton? Not that God wants to bring evil upon not that he wanted to do that to Job, but he knew Job would would praise him. And that's what I think about in this moment is that though hell rages around me, though I'm troubled, though everything around me, if I'll just be still and let God speak to me and let God replenish and refresh me, everything's gonna be alright. Because ultimately that's what Job did. He just threw his hands up and then see he said okay. <coughs> Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yes, sir. And his wife wanted him. She said, won't you just curse God and die? He said, you speak as a foolish woman. Because God, Job knew that God was going to take care of him. And if he didn't, God was going to take him to glory. He'd done nothing wrong. Oh, to have the faith that Job had just to know that, hey, God's with me. God's for me. Everything's wow. going to be all right. In that... Something you said there kind of sparked a, a thought uh, 
Did it stir up the preacher in you? Well, maybe. <laughs> Very rarely do I preach without notes. I've done it before, and it's probably the best preaching I've ever done in my life. Amen. But, yeah. you know, that aside, what I came to mind, I don't even know exactly what it was you said, but something you said just brought something to my and I said, and, uh, you know, in the chaos and in the turmoil, right, of life. So the storms of life are raging. The, the waves of adversity. It brought, to, it brought to my remembrance when Jesus is asleep on the boat. And yeah. the, the disciples, they're just, they're distraught. They're like, don't you even care that we're going to perish? We're going to die? You could look at your life and you could say, well, God obviously doesn't care about me because I'm going through this or I'm going through that and this is happening and I'm getting beat by these waves and my ship feels like it's sinking and I'm barely treading water and whatever it is and we forget Jesus is with us. He's in the boat. All he has to do is just peace be still. Yeah. yeah. Peace. He speaks, he speaks peace to the storm. The storm calms. And then they just, they keep on going. And it's interesting that he actually mentions that they had little faith. You know, why, why, do, why, why do you lack faith? What's, what's going on here? Do you remember who I am? Yep. Yeah, they had God Almighty with them. And, and, and Brother Brandon, that's something, you know, that that is amazing to me is that and, and in our conversation here, you just confirmed what I what I thought about preaching Wednesday night at home. Next Wednesday night, the Lord dropped a thought in my mind, and I've been wrestling with it. And what you just said, I believe, is confirmation that that's what I need to preach. But David said this in the book of Psalms. He said, though I ascend to the heavens, thou She's art there. there. Yes. Though Ooh. I make my bed in hell. Thou art there. And and to to those disciples, they had probably said to themselves, we haven't seen a storm like this in a long time. Remember, it's hard to, to see in the scripture when Jesus was walking on the water and he bade Peter to come to him. And Peter got afraid. Could it be that the water was a little choppy underneath Peter? Could it be that, you know, we want the calmness of life. Everybody goes, oh, if I could just have tranquility. It's like that old commercial years ago, Calgon, take me away. You know, the, 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 the lady draws a bubble bath and it's Calgon, take me away. Could it be that the, that the, that the water underneath Peter was just a little choppy? Mm. Maybe... He got out there. Maybe there was a fish that swam around his foot or something like that. Maybe that got him a little spooked. Shark. As we like to say down here in West Virginia, got him a little spooked. But here's the thing that I know. That Peter walked on the water with Jesus as long as he kept his eyes on him. Mm. And, and, and no matter what we walk through in life, We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. 
It doesn't matter what this old world does. This old world's reeling and rocking like we've not seen it reel and rock before. But if you and I can keep our eyes on Jesus, there's calm in the Master's eyes. There's never panic in the Master's eyes. There's no fear in the Master's eyes. How does, it, how does one fear that's in control of everything? You ever see somebody that's totally confident? You look in their eyes, man, they got this. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is in every is control of every situation. And all we've got to do is look in his eyes and see that he's got this. He's in total control. To your point, even the winds obey him. Even the waves obey him. We, we've just, not too far away from me, you might have seen it on the news, there's flooding in eastern Kentucky, probably an hour and a half away from where I am. And we've had some rain and things like that. You know, we've got flood watches and things like that. But you know something? Even in the midst of the flood waters, Jesus is in control. And he can say, peace be still. He, he can speak to those waters and they have to recede. But guess what? You and I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you and I can look at our storms in the eye and say, in the name of Jesus, peace be still. And have faith to understand and know that the God we serve is able to, to at, at, at our command in His name, that we can, we can speak to the storms of our life and we can say to the storms of our lives, peace be still. And just as Jesus did, we can take dominion and authority in the name of Jesus over those storms and we can say, peace be still. And they have to obey. Yes, sir. And again, man, this, is, this, this could be a long one. But another, you know, I as you were talking about... I got plenty of tea, man. As I, you were ta- it up I didn't bring up enough water, bro. As you know, you're talking about the storms of life and, and you're talking about flooding. And I was thinking, I was thinking, well, the first thing I thought was everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Yeah. But that sort of transferred my attention to consider when the prophet was up there on the mountain and there's an earthquake. And yep. he, he didn't, he didn't see or hear God in the earthquake and, and there was a, whatever and 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 in the wind and he didn't he didn't hear the, lightning, he, yeah. the light whatever it is you know and he goes he goes down through the list and and then it says but a still a still small a calm small voice cuz he was in control he was in control of the situation that's why he was upset in the first place that's why he was seeking to hear from god well, you got to think too Elijah had just come from the 450 prophets of Baal, and he called fire down and wiped them all out. Elijah had his Super Bowl moment right there with him and God, where where he where it was on, and Jezebel was after him, and he runs to the mountain, and he hides in a cave, and 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 he's looking for God to just okay, God, you gave me a a, a fire calling Baal moment. And I just wiped all these dudes out in the name of Jesus. And and now I got somebody after me. Where are you at now? 
<laughs> and you know, Brother Brandon, you bring up a really good point is is that and, and it and it reminds me of the title of one of your books, From Faith to Faith. We we, we go from that that when God does a supernatural work in us or or you know, God does a, a great victory in our life. And it's like, oh man, we, we feel like we could you know, as David said, we could we could uh, run through a troop and leap over a wall. Yes, sir. We, we just feel like that that God is just, you know, the power of the Holy Ghost just just surges through us, and then we get something that happens to us, and it and it, it just kind of knocks us uh, knocks us back, and it knocks us down. We go, okay, God, where's my victory now? Mm. Where where is where where is the help and strength that I had just yesterday? And we we have to understand the Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, today and forever, and forever, a never changing God that we serve. Just because God gave us victory yesterday doesn't mean God won't give us victory today. But victory might look different to your to your. That's a great point. Elijah had this big moment where victory just looked awesome. Yeah. I mean, victory looked awesome. But yet God was trying to tell him, as big as you saw me move in the in front of the prophets, I can move just the same in the still small voice. I, I, I can move the same way. And sometimes, here's the thing we forget. Everybody wants to see blinded eyes open. Everybody wants to see the lame walk. Everybody wants to see people get up out of wheelchairs. I want to see it. But what if victory looks like, man, you know what? I had a spot on my arm. I didn't really know anything about it, but it's been giving me trouble. And we see Jesus heal that person. Maybe they've been dealing with a nagging cough or something like that. And we see the Lord heal somebody. Maybe we need to stop and understand that the same God who does the big miracles is the same God that can do the small ones just as well. Wow. And we need to we need to stop and be still and worship him in the big moments as well as the small moments. See, we want to praise God whenever when something big happens, but how many of us thank God when we open our eyes every morning? Wow. Or we were able to put our feet on the floor and walk to the bathroom. Now, in the middle of the night when I have to get up and go to the bathroom because I'm going to be 50 here in a couple weeks, <laughs> and that happens a little more frequently, I'm not so thankful in the middle of the night when my sleep gets interrupted. <laughs> but you know what, Brother Brandon? How, how many of us stop and thank God for being able to put our feet on the floor? Be able to get upright and go, you know what, I know where I am. I know who I am. I've got all my mental faculties. You know, God's been awful good to me. I woke up and I had a place. I had a roof over my head. I'm going to walk to the kitchen. There's going to be some food in the refrigerator. I got clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, a, a, a car to drive me to the house of God, suits in the closet. Hey, God's been good to me. God's been so good to me. I don't need a big miracle to know God's been good to me. 
I just need to know he's there. To know he's been good to me. Wow. I just need to know he's there. And sometimes it's just saying the name of whisper in the name of Jesus. And just saying, Lord, Lord, thank you. Maybe sometimes that's what the Lord wants from us, Brother Brandon, is just to be still and know that he's taking care of just the smallest things. He's taking care of us. You know, my house didn't get bombed today like our brothers and sisters over in Europe that have gone through wars and things like that. I didn't have to fight to read the Word of God today. My Bible was there, and I read it freely. Mm. Maybe God just needs us to know, hey, son, be thankful in the small things. Be still and know that I'm the God of the details, the little things. Wow. The psalmist writes, um, he writes, uh, He says, keep me, keep me as the apple of your eye. Yep. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. And we know that he's the strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. And we hear all these things, but how often do we actually not only believe, but apply our knowledge of what Scripture says to our situation into our life. He does care. He is. You can't tell me that God doesn't care about your life or the way that you live your life or the things that you do. He cares about the intimate details of your life. Case in point, He has the hairs of your head numbered. Yeah. We read that it's, it says, uh, you know, if He cares about the sparrow that falls, how much more does He care about man? Who is man that he's mindful of him? We're considering. We're considering the same God that flung the stars into the heavens. Yeah. The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. He created all things and all things were created by him and for him by himself. He spoke the world, he spoke everything into existence, but he was very intimately connected in creating you and I. Yep. Man, he, he knew, knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. Created you. Yep. In your mother's womb. Knew you by name before you ever had a name. Yep. He cares about your the intimate details of your life, the smallest things. That's why he says, whatsoever you have need of, he knows it before you ever even think to ask. And yet knew he would have to go to Calvary for me. Yes, sir. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I said on Twitter last week to a, to a, a brother in, in another denominal faith. I said what my dad always said. My dad, and that, forgive me for diverting, but you just made me think. My dad broke. I was so fortunate, Brother Brandon, so blessed that the Lord put me in the house of a man that understood the Godhead and how to make it simple. 
My dad always said, he said, son, he said, what father in their right mind would look at their their son and say, I love that old world, but I don't love him enough to go die for him. You go do it. Wow. I tell you what, this dad right here, if it's me or my son, I'm taking the bullet. My dad, when I was 40 years old, my dad passed away. But up until the day he died, if somebody had said, Jerry, it's you or Brian, my dad would have stepped forward and said, it's me. Yet, that's how much God loves us. That to your point, before we were even gleams in our parents' eye, the Lord said, I've got to go die for Brandon. I've got to go die for Brian. I've got to go die for that world. Because it's not right that my creation die without a, a propitiation. See, creation without propitiation, which means the punishment, the penalty, the payment. Creation without propitiation would have been destruction. Because God had, it had to be. There, there was always a blood requirement for the payment of sin. But the Lord said, you know what, Brandon Crooker, I love you. Brian Sexton, I love you. And I'm not going to send the substitute. I'm going to become the substitute. I'm going to become the ultimate sacrifice. See, if people would just study the scriptures, Brother Brandon, forgive me for going off on a tangent, but to oh, me, God, is it's simple. Yes, sir. If you just study the scriptures, Isaiah laid it out in Isaiah 9, 6. He says, Emmanuel, being interpreted, God, God with, with us. us. And, and then John, so beautifully in the first chapter of John, in the first 14 verses, just broke it down. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. If I'm any good at math, when they used to talk about algebra, and they would say, If X equals 3, then X plus Y equals 12. Well, Y had to be 9. 3 plus 9 equals 12. Okay. If in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and you get to verse 14 and says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, then the Word had to be God. <laughs> and God had to become flesh and dwell among us. Right. I mean, yes, I'm, sir. No math, I'm no math wizard. But I understand that when God became, when the Word was God, and God was the Word, and the Word became flesh, then God had to become flesh. I don't know any simpler way to put it. How, here's something I was thinking about the other day. I'm going to turn this into a Godhead lesson, forgive me. I, it, Come on with it. I was it. thinking about this the other day. <laughs> Come on with it. The, other day. <laughs> the doctrine of the Trinity says that God exists in three co-eternal, co-separate, and co-equal persons. And for a lifelong apostolic, I've studied the doctrine of the Trinity. If that's the case, they're co-equal, co-eternal, and co-separate persons. How did the Son exist before the Father? There's no, if you look at how people 
are created, there's no way a son exists before a father. Can't it, It's physically impossible. Here's the thing. The Bible says that all power was given to Jesus. If yes, they were, it was. If they were co-equal and they all had the same amount of power, they can't be co-equal if Jesus had Amen. all the power. Come on, Amen. bro. Amen. Come on, bro. Well, here's, here's the thing, too. I know that, that my Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not co-God. Not the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I cannot be my father. There was only one Jerry Sexton. I can't be him. When, when I pass away, my son cannot become Brian Sexton. He's Bryce. There's no way that Jesus was God Jr. There's no way that they're, 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 they're separate, but separate but equal. No. No, man. No, I'm telling you. When you get to heaven, you're going to see one. That's all that's going to be in heaven. One that's throne. Why my dad's, yeah, that's one why my man. dad's favorite song to lead worship was It's All in Him. <laughs> he likes singing the Godhead. It's all in Him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I uh, smile every time we sing that song in church because I think to myself, my dad drilled that into my head from the time I could walk. <laughs> Son, it's all in Him. Praise God. Yes, sir. And forgive me for straying there, man, but, but I, I love... Listen, I love talking about the Godhead because to me... We can't get worried about the complex things. The world worries too much about complex things. The Bible says to come to him, you must know that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek yes, him, not them. They, hey, Brother Brandon, people want to talk about their pro, preferred pronouns today. <laughs> I like he and him. I like making it simple. I think we should just refer to the Lord as he and him. Just one. Just one. You know, but, but, but that's the thing is, is that 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 God is is so awesome. He needs none by himself. He is God all by himself. He needs none. He needs none to prove his power, to prove his existence. And and that's the beautiful thing, man. When we get to heaven, the Bible says there's not going to be a need for the sun or moon, for the Lamb of God is the light. So powerful and so majestic and so glorious is our God that there will be... You and I have grown up on this earth watching the moon. You know, it's dark as we record this right now. I can go outside and see the moon. But think how grand the city of God is going to be that there, that... That the sun as we know it and the moon as we know it, for all intents and purposes, are going to be wiped out. We don't need them. Because his glory is that that bright in the heavens. And it's that grand in the heavens. Not their glory. Not going to be three thrones. You're right. You're 100% right. Not going to be three thrones in heaven. You're going to have to pick which one you go to. Uh-uh. <laughs> the God I know doesn't overcomplicate the simple. That's right. So, to bring it back home to... Yes, sir, forgive to, me. Forgive no, me. no. I totally... Bro, it's, this, it's, this is good. No, this is good. You can never reinforce truth enough. You can never reinforce something enough, right? 
you always need to reinforce principles, biblical principles, biblical truths, biblical doctrine. Because if you don't, that's how you end up, people end up confused and they end up uh, backslidden and they end up broken and they end up lost. Yeah, hey, Brother Brandon, let me share something here real quick. You just got me thinking about something here real quick. The apostolic message is the simplest message on the planet. You know why it is? Because we don't we don't make somebody repeat a prayer when they come to God. They can they can pray to God from their heart and repent of their sins. And then here's the thing. We just say, okay, we'll take you to water and baptize you. Do you want to be baptized in Jesus' name? Most people that come to God go, yeah, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. You know why? Because when they've repented, their, their mind starts to change. Simple. Their mind starts to change. And then we say, you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And guess what? That sparks faith. And then God is moved by faith. And they just begin to lift their hands. And we believe and teach, and I know you guys do as well, that a person can be filled almost instantaneously with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm here to tell you, I believe the apostolic message is the simplest message out there right now. It's easy. Just come to God, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How, how How much more difficult is that? That's that's elementary, elementary. <laughs> yeah, what what you said. Yeah, that's a Bible, that's a Bible bomb, bro, right there. If this was Kingdom Speak, we'd be dropping the Bible bomb right now. Well, listen, I I just I'm dumbfounded by by how hard that we make it. You know how hard that some people think. Well, it's like, well, you apostolic are just complicated. You think people should be baptized in Jesus' name? Well, that's what the book says. The name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. One name, not three, one. Well, and here's, here's, here's another thing. Every single time somebody was baptized, it was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, or Amen. in the name of the Lord. Any time that they were actually fulfilling the, the call, if you will, every time they baptized somebody, it wasn't in titles, it was in the name. Yeah. And, and speaking with tongues, I want to. I want God to speak through me. I think. I, I think if you would ask any man, woman, boy, or girl on the planet, how would wouldn't you think it would be cool that God would speak through you in a heavenly language? Yes, sir. But you've got some out there that say, "Well, First Corinthians thirteen says tongues shall cease." Yeah, it also says so with knowledge. <laughs> Nobody's gotten stupid all the time. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of things that said that the book says will pass away. Right. It even says heaven and heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Right. So, so if it's if it's in the book, and here's the thing that I will say, I, I want to share a quick testimony with you. I married in 1996. I married a Baptist girl. Now, I'm going to tell you how how God is so great. I met my wife on a blind date. And my wife said, I prayed for somebody. Here's somebody that that did not actively serve the Lord. But she said, I prayed for somebody that didn't drink or smoke and would take me to church. Now, here's somebody that will tell you before she met me, she was was 
not living a godly life. But she knew enough to pray. All it takes is you going, Lord, forgive me for I'm a sinner, the publican and the, and the Pharisee. I took my wife to an apostolic church, and the first time that she went, she looked at me. We were driving, taking her back home, and she said, I've never felt anything like that. Two years later, on a Sunday night, sitting in the floor with her hands raised about this high and her shoes off, she was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. You do not know how far God will go to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I remember you telling me on my podcast where God brought you from. Mm. You never know how far God will go that somebody would be filled with his Spirit. I'm, I'm a testimony of that. I watched my wife on a Thursday night after Brother Jason Corsi was at our church preaching. My wife calling me and said, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And me driving three and a half hours home to watch her get baptized in Jesus' name. Her family asked her, well, you got baptized when you were a little kid. She said, you don't understand. I've seen the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. And then God, a few months later, filling her with the Holy Ghost. You don't know how far God will go to reach you. You don't know how far God will go to be where you are. No matter if you've walked with him a month or you've walked with him 50 years, you don't know how far God will go to meet you where you are. And that's a comfort that we can all take comfort in to bring us back around. That's why we can be still and know that God's there. Because you don't realize how far God will go to meet you where you are. Amen. Not only that, it's, you know, it, it create, facilitates the growth of your faith. When you can sit there and you can be still and you can rely mm-hmm. on the Lord. I, I have Lord, this, bro, I could preach right now. I, I, I could take a Bible and just start preaching, man. I wish it were Wednesday night. I'd go ahead and start <laughs> preaching, man. Listen, it, you know, the Apostle Paul said, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I believe we're talking to somebody right now, Brother Brandon, that's listening to this podcast and they're going, But God, I'm scared. But God, I'm lonely. But God, I don't know how you're going to move. But God, I don't know where you are. And God's saying, don't worry, child. I'm right where I need to be. And you're going to see that I'm right where you need me to be. God's going to show up in his time. I'm, I'm, listen, man, I'm a testimony to that. I went six months without work because of something vicious happening. And I remember the day it happened, the Lord spoke to me and said, there's going to be many more that, that stand with you than, than stand against you. And that's what happened. My unemployment was about to run out. And in three hours' time, six months to the day that I, I was viciously let go from a job, six months to the day, in the span of three hours, I had two job offers. God knew where he was going to show up for me and my family. I didn't know it, 
But I tell you what I did. I just got to the point, Brother Brandon, where I just threw my hands up and I said, okay, God, it can't get any worse. And I remember standing off in the corner. We had a we we had service going one Sunday morning. It was going off. It was it was rocking. And I just thought, what have I got to lose? And I just I went up front and started worshiping the Lord. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to have me a David moment. I'm just going to dance wildly before the Lord. What have I got to lose? And I remember a sister in our church coming up to me. I don't know why I'm saying that. Well, I do know why. The Holy Ghost has prompted me to say this. Lady in my church, her husband was an elder in our church. She looked at me and she said, Brother Brian, I need to tell you something. She said, your worship touched me today. She said, God's going to move for you and your family. Three weeks later, God began to move for me and my family. Now, you want the significance of three weeks? I'll give you something in threes, Trinitarian brother. Seven times three is 21. That's when God began to move for me. But seven is the Lord's perfect number, not three. And seven times one is still seven. So one God, seven days, still seven. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, Brother Brandon. Mm. When, I, when I realized I had nothing else to lose, you become a dangerous child of God when you got nothing to lose. When you worship God like you've got nothing to lose, you suddenly become very dangerous to the enemy. And I was at that point, I thought, well, what have I got to lose? But here's the thing. Here's what I didn't lose, Brother Brandon. Had a mortgage on my house. God took care of it. We were putting our son through Christian school. His, his basketball coach came up to me after, after God had provided for me and my family. He said, I don't understand. He said, I'm amazed. He said, how did you guys do it? You went, to, you went to basketball games. You went to church. You did all these different things. How did you do it? And I said, because God provided every need we had. God provided every need we had. Didn't lose my house. Didn't lose my car. We were down to one car. Didn't lose my car. Didn't shut off my electric. Didn't shut off my water. Didn't miss a meal, as you can tell by looking at me. I didn't miss any meals. God provided. He was there when we needed him there. He was already there. Even though I went through anxiety, depression, fear, doubt, jealousy, I'd lay in the floor. My wife and son would leave. My wife would go to work. My son would leave for school, and I'd lay in the floor and cry and ask God why I was going through this. What did I do wrong, God? I repented. I lamented. I'd be I'd be worshiping one minute and sorrowful the next. But God was with me every step of the way. He was with me. Amen. He walked me through it so I could help somebody else. But he was there. And God showed me that that no matter what I face, he's already there. That I just have to trust him. And submit myself to what he wants for me. God is not going to always take you and walk you on the mountain. God's going to put you in the fire like he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's going to walk you through the valley like he did in Ezekiel where he showed you the valley of dry bones and said, can these bones live again? But God's not going to leave you. 
just as he was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He'll walk with you. Just as he was in the valley of, of those bones with, the, with Ezekiel, he'll be with you. And if I know anything about God, I know that he'll be with me. If I take my last breath tonight, God will be with me. And so that's what I wanted to, to speak to somebody. God is with you. I feel to close it out. Yeah, bro. I feel to close it out with this. Um, you know, whether it's the valley, whether it's the fire, whether it's the storm of your life, or whether it's the wilderness, because even in the wilderness, they they traveled. You know, by my by my math, thirty nine years longer than they should have. Yep. Because God wanted to get some things out of them. Amen. And you know what? Point is, is he was still with them in the wilderness. He was still there providing for them in the wilderness. And so even if you feel like you're in a wilderness right now, you feel like you're walking in circles, you feel like you just don't don't feel like what you're doing is having an impact Nothing's happening. Nothing's moving. It is. Surely it is. And just like the children of Israel when they were marching around Jericho the first six days, nothing happened. But something happened on the seventh day. And their obedience, their obedience on the first six days had as much to do with the walls falling as the shout on the seventh. I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm thinking of a quick story that I want to share with, with you guys, with this audience. And it's a story that, that my pastor told about Brother Cole. Brother Cole was ministering to some young ministers. And Brother Cole was talking to them. And they said, Brother Cole, these great revivals, these great moves of God in Ethiopia and Papua New Guinea and all over the world, Thailand. You've, got, you've had all these people back... It's thought that Brother Cole saw over a million people be baptized in the Holy Ghost. An astounding number. But these young ministers said, Brother Cole, how does it how did it happen? What do you what do you do? How do you prepare? And Brother Cole was only he could in that big boisterous voice, he said, I simply say we go to the we go to this service in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these guys were dumbfounded. And so him and Pastor Anthony, his grandson, are in the car. Pastor Anthony told him, he looked at him, he said, Papa, called him Papa. He said, Papa, you failed him. Brother Cole just got up. What do you mean, boy? I didn't fail them. I get and, and Pastor Anthony said, Papa, what about the time you laid and fasted and prayed for seven days on your face before God in the nation of Thailand? Begging God, asking God for revival, asking God for miracle signs and wonders. Brother Cole began to weep. He said, you're right. He said, all I told them was the end result of what happened. I didn't tell them about the process it took to get there. Brother and Sister Cole, when they were in Thailand, Sister Cole would, would fast and pray and travail and put her body under duress. But I, I, I watched with my own eyes one night in a prayer meeting in Charleston. 
there was a uh, there was a spirit there in somebody that came to that meeting, and Sister Cole dealt with it. You don't get those things by saying a little prayer. You walk through some things. Man. Brother Stone King tells the story about Sister Cole shaking off of, she was putting up some lights on the fence and stuff like that, and a viper bit her, and she continued to work. A poisonous viper bit her on the hand. She just worked. Because she had been through some stuff. That viper wasn't going to touch her. God had his hand on Sister Cole. God had his hand on Brother Cole. And these things come by going through some stuff. You don't get great faith by just walking here, there, and everywhere. You get great faith by walking through some stuff. And you know what I'm talking about, Brother Brandon. You've walked through some stuff, and I've walked through some stuff. You don't get great faith like that. Brother and Sister Cole walked through some stuff. And it ain't just going to happen because we, we go, well, I, I pray and I fast and things like that. Yeah, that, that that's, that's what's needed. But, man, God's not going to build your faith unless you walk through some stuff. And if you're walking through some stuff, just know this, the God of heaven's walking that right there with you, never leaving you nor forsaking you. The God who created the sun, moon, and stars, the same God, Brother Brandon, that you talked about earlier, that got up on the boat and said, Peace be still, and the winds and waves obeyed him. The same God that created Adam from the dust of the earth, the same God that spoke everything into existence is walking with you and I because his spirit's in us. Mm. Man, I feel like preaching. <laughs> oh, we're 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 closing in on that hour, bro. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir, brother. I, I just thank God for this opportunity. I just this, want to encourage somebody in the word. This has been tremendous. Yes, sir. As we close out. One last thing. One last thing you want the listeners to walk away from this episode with. Hit me with it. Be not afraid. The, 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 the Lord said in, that, that there'd be perilous times. Jesus said in himself, he said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, but these are the beginning of sorrows. Guess what, my brother? We're, we're in the beginning of sorrows. But I love what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I have his spirit within me. You have his spirit within me. And every time I pray in the Holy Ghost, I know that the Lord is with me. Because it's him giving me the, the, the ability to speak in other tongues. It's not me. It's him speaking through me. So my my thing to the church is be not afraid. Mm. You have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have the power of Almighty God within you. You have the ability to speak to situations and they can they must change. Be not afraid. If anything, the devil should be afraid of us. I don't want to be a son of Sceva. I don't want to walk up to somebody and say, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. 
I just want to say, God, show up before me. If I have your spirit, if I be a man of God, Elijah said that. He said, if I be a man of God, let there be fire that come from heaven. My dad wrote a song years ago about that. That's one of the lines he put in the song. He said in the song he wrote, it. the line goes, Elijah stepped on the mount to face the prophets of Baal. He said, if I be a man of God, I know he will not fail. And that's one of the lines in the song my dad wrote. Wow. So be not afraid. We have got the spirit of the living God within us. And every time we speak in other tongues, as the spirit of God gives us utterance, we have power. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Every time the Holy Ghost comes on you, you get power. And I think you ought to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Amen. Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Paul should have been a West Virginian. I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. But we do. We have power when, when we pray in the Holy Ghost for the brand. And I got I to say this. We pray in the Holy Ghost every day. We, we have power. That's why we, Brother Cole taught us as a church body, pray in the Holy Ghost. Because you, you're moving things in the Spirit. You're, you're, you're breaking things in the Spirit. There are strongholds that are being broken in the Spirit. And so that's, that's what I would say. Be not afraid, children. Be not afraid. We serve a God that is in total and complete control. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.